the game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Regular season football around the corner. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in studio, the official Jets podcast. EA. I'm thrown off. It's been nine months since the Jets have taken the field. I've been thrown off by the days. I keep on repeating myself here, but I think today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. And traditionally in the National Football League, the players off day is Tuesday. But for the Jets, we are taping on a Wednesday and the players are off today. So it's midweek. Everything has been fast and slow at the same time, if that makes any kind of sense, because... The Jets won't open up until Monday night, and the kickoff is what, 7? 7 10. Eastern. And actually, followed by a pretty good game that we're not going to talk too much about. But how about the subplots with that one with the LA Rams yeah. and the Oakland Raiders? Uh, Khalil Mack on the move. But uh, yeah, Greens, uh, I jumped in on you because, uh, you know, I'm looking around our studio here and I'm wondering, well, what day is it today? And I thought you were looking around because it looked cleaner. No, it does look better. <laughs> it, it does look better because we actually taped Jet's flight plan in here this week. Bart Scott was back, and that will be on Sunday morning, CBS, 11.30 a.m. You can watch Jet Life, a one-Jet's drive spectacular, yeah. I would say. Uh, the best of one Jet's drive from the spring and the summer, you're going to see that 11.30 p.m. Saturday there night. You go on CBS as well. So a lot of exciting things happening right now. But uh, yeah, how about that, Greens? The Jets open up the season on Monday Night Football. The New York Jets were the first team to appear on Monday Night Football way back in 1970 against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I actually knew that. I'm really excited about Monday Night because it's, like I said, it's been nine months since the Jets have played a game that counts against their record or for their record, however you want to word it, whatever whatever it is. And this team, I know every year, Leonard Williams says this every year, that every team is very different than the years past, even though you might not think that it's all too different on, on the surface, is this team is very different than last year's team. And so much has happened since January 1st, 2018, when the Jets cleared out their lockers in Florham Park and Front and center, you just look at under center. <laughs> you look at what's going on there is that the Jets have officially named Sam Darnold their starting quarterback, and he's, what, the youngest since the AFL-NFL merger? He will be the youngest since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. You start a season yeah. opener. Uh, so that is some kind of history right there for you. But for anybody who followed the Jets throughout the preseason, I don't think it's a shock that Darnold is in this position. He performed well throughout the preseason, starting two games, appearing in three, throwing two touchdown passes, completing 64% of his passes, owning the playbook. Everybody said he, he did not make the same mistake twice. He showed uh, great footwork as far as being instinctive in the pocket and also knowing when to tuck the ball, mm. run, pick up yards, but also 
he has great vision in terms of he has a knack for finding the open receiver. And the thing that stands out, I would say, about Darnold, number one, is he is a very instinctive player. And I think to win in the National Football League, to become an elite player at this position, you have to be instinctive. And he's got special qualities. Now, we'll see down the line if he's an elite player. And this is just a start. And buckle your seatbelts because <laughs> you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows. Hopefully the Jets experience some highs on Monday night. This is the first of three of four on the road to start the 2018 season. Matt Patricia said that Darnold is very good at rolling to his left and his right, which is very unusual for a quarterback, especially for a rookie. But don't just take our word for it. Don't take Matt Patricia's word for it. Well, you can't take He's actually a pretty good word, so I'm going to circle back on that. He's a good word to follow. But EA and I have been impressed. I think many people have been impressed. In fact, I went to CBS Media Day the other week, and many of their analysts were impressed as well. This is what they had to say about the Jets' rookie quarterback. Very impressed. Uh, impressed with him on a personal level, just sitting down and talking with him. Impressed with his football IQ. There's a certain savviness and presence that you notice with him. But the funny part, when you're in the meeting room, he walks in, he's 21. And there's no questioning that. He's not a guy that looks 26. He looks 21. So you do have to remind yourself of that. Uh, he has to process so much at that position. And then the expectations that come with doing it in New York with a franchise that desperately wants to win and wants to be consistent. I think he can handle it. I don't think the bright lights bother him, and he can throw the football. It's his composure in the pocket. Now, I know it sounds a little cliche, but we have to keep in mind we're talking about a rookie. Uh, you see some rookies get thrown out there into the fire, and they start feeling the heat. Um, it's like a baby touching the stove, start panicking, uh, but not with him. And that goes a long way. Um, even you know the certain guys we had on the show, and uh, they mentioned that when he first got in the huddle, he had a command about him. And some of these guys come in, the timid voice, as if they're going through puberty and they don't want to make eye contact. And once it gets a little rough, you know, they start to panic. Not him. So I, I, if I could answer that in a very short way, it's the composure. You know, he's going to have, if he does start for them, he'll have uh, three games in 11 days. That means three different game plans, three different defensive coordinators, all sorts of pressure that you have to deal with. Learning on the fly, learning the, uh, from the mistakes you made in the previous game, trying to make sure that doesn't happen in the next game. But, you know, for Jet fans, I just try to caution them. There's going to be offside penalties. There's going to be holding penalties. There's going to be uh, fumbles. There's going to be all sorts of miscommunication. There's going to be early timeouts. All those things that a rookie quarterback has to fight through. But uh, I take the Jet fan back two years ago in Philadelphia. Philadelphia made the commitment to Carson Wentz. This is exactly what the Jets have to do with Sam Dartle. Make the commitment now, benefit from it next year and the year after, and hopefully he becomes as good as Carson. All right, so some high praise there from some of CBS's top talent. And EA, moving forward now, I know that a lot of Jets fans are like, okay, well, Darnold's been impressive, but what, what is he looking at now that the regular season has come? Because it's a little different than preseason. There are a lot of vanilla looks, as people say. You don't really tip your hand too much 
in the preseason, but if you're a Jets fan, what should you be expecting from Sam Darnold in week one, Monday night football, under the lights, in the Motor City? Matt Patricia is going to throw some complex looks out there at Sam Darnold and company. I think Jeremy Bates is going to uh, counter with a plan that features some route combinations, concepts that Darnold is comfortable with. And also you got to think about uh, there were times throughout the preseason where the Jets would empty the backfield out. And I think what that allows the quarterback to do is diagnose where the blitz is coming from. So maybe the Jets go empty at times. The other thing that I really like what Bates is doing with Darnold and overall in this West Coast system is he runs a lot of boots. He runs a lot of play action. He gets the guy out on the move. And like you mentioned before, Darnold is very comfortable on the move and he's accurate inside the pocket, outside the pocket. So I don't think he's going to be a stationary target out there. And also when you're looking at Patricia, he comes at it from that New England background. So he's going to throw some different stuff at him, but the Jets are going to counter, and who's going to win that matchup? I actually think the key in this game, and I hope I'm not stealing our thunder here, is how are the Jets going to rush the football against the Detroit Lions? Because last year the Lions, middle of the road, rush defense, maybe 18th in the National Football League. But the Jets have to have some balance, and Todd Bowles loves Bates, because he said Jeremy Bates is committed to the run, committed to having balance. So you didn't steal our thunder. I wouldn't say that. That's a little far. But we're going to dive in a little more of Jets-Lions and just season preview as a whole. But I want to get your opinion on this before we, we throw to some more sound here. Is that, you know, what do you think that Donald's biggest challenge will be entering the regular season as starting quarterback for the green and white. No, I think you kind of mentioned it before, is that you just, you only see a small sample size in the preseason and, and, and a lot of vanilla looks. So now you are the guy and people are going to game plan against you. In the preseason, people aren't game planning against you. So everything Darnold is going to see is new. It's a new experience. And... Um, you have to, but the, the thing is about this kid is, and I say kid, he's 21 years old, is I think that he's very steady. He's got an air about him, which is what the guys have said about him. Jermaine Curse um, said something in the locker room this week that uh, was interesting. He said that he throws guys open. And a lot of people talk about college quarterbacks coming out. They say, hey, they can be accurate with the football, but they throw it to a guy when he's open. You rarely hear veteran receivers talk about a rookie quarterback who's never played a down in the National <laughs> Football League in terms of regular season saying he throws guys open. Uh, the key for him, Greens, is going to be protecting the football. He's stressed that throughout the offseason. Yeah. We can go back to our podcast. Uh, Redraft. Yeah, our pre-draft podcast when we talked to Sam Farmer from the LA Times about Darnold, when we talked to quarterback guru Jordan Palmer about his training with Darnold and keeping two hands on yeah. the football or going left hand only because he just wanted him to get in the habit of always keeping your left hand on the football. In the National Football League, 
you can look at the stats, and I don't have percentages for you, but if you win the turnover battle, yeah, more no. than likely, <laughs> you're going to win games. So, Darnold had only one turnover in the preseason, and I was fine with it. It was a fourth down. Yeah. He said he could have thrown maybe uh, to Robbie Anderson uh, on a corner rod, I believe, against the Washington Redskins, but Todd Bowles took the blame for it. He said, listen, that was just a bad play. We had dialed up. And it was fourth down. Whatever. Yeah. If you don't convert there, you turn it over on downs. I don't care about that. Right. But against this Lions team, I think they were fourth in the National Football League in interceptions last year. So the big thing for Darnold is protect the football, number one. Number two is you don't want to see pre-snap penalties. So make sure you relay that call from Bates to your fellows in the huddle and get everybody in the line and then have the proper amount of time to get the playoff in a foreign environment such as Ford Field. Well, a, a couple things there. One, you talked about Jermaine Kerr saying Donald throws receivers open. I thought his anecdote was fantastic when he said we were. it was in Washington. I, I'm, I'm a little confused if it's when the Jets had joint practices or if it was in the actual game. But Jermaine Kerr said that there was one play where he didn't think Darnold was coming to him and he just ripped one right to his chest. He said, I, I had no choice but to catch it. Yeah. So I think that that goes back to what we talked about is Darnold's ball placement and that it's truly, I think, unique for a rookie to be able to put the ball where he wants What's to. What's he talking about a game or practice? Because I do, well, now that you mention it, and I heard Kerr say it, but it really didn't register at the time because so many things are happening inside a locker room session. I do remember the red zone work, and I remember Kerr running. In practice? A, yeah, a, a, a short route, and before he turned, the ball was out. And when he mm -hmm. turned, it was placed between the one and the zero. That's, and it probably uh, left an imprint on right. his chest, well, even though he is a hands catcher. I was going to say that's probably the play because I went back and watched the, uh, after he talked about the play, I went back and watched the Washington game and I, I went to see if he had any catches. And Jermaine Curse had one catch on the sideline and he was just wide open. Okay. So I assume it's the play that you're talking about. But. Yeah, throwing with the anticipation. I love yeah. that. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. There's obviously many challenges a, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback will face in the NFL. And Sam Darnold's the only rookie quarterback to start for his team out of the 2018 draft class. How about that? How about that? You know, I thought Josh Allen might have an opportunity to start for the Buffalo Bills, but that third preseason, Cincinnati was having a sack party. Yeah. Uh, third preseason game up there in western New York. And uh, I know Sean McDermott in Buffalo has been uh, impressed with Nathan yeah. Peterman. And I, I think externally the media can't get over Peterman's, what do you have, five? His NFL day before, yeah. five, five picks in the first half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, against the Chargers, but yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. I, whatever. Who, who knows what Peterman's going to bring to the table. Uh, you know, I would imagine the Bills are going to be riding LaShawn McCoy. Why wouldn't you? Um, in Arizona, I guess Rosen will be... Behind, behind Sam Bradford. Bradford to start the season. Uh, Same with uh, Lamar Jackson behind Flacco and Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick behind. Tarod? Tarod, Tyrod. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's really pick your poison at this time. Do you think Baker Mayfield will be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns in week three? Because I don't. I, I think it will be Tarod. I, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it will be Taylor. Yeah, because the Jets are going there in week three. This starts a stretch which... I don't, I don't remember ever having a stretch like this to start a season for the Jets. I yeah. three games in 11 days. So it's a tough stretch, especially for a rookie quarterback. And 
before we dive into some uh, Jets Lions in particular, EA, this is this is the season opener. I mean, this is again nine months in the making. And before we dive into Monday night in particular, is you know, is there a unit? Is there a player that you're just kind of excited to see finally against an opponent? I think it's very difficult to prepare for week ones in general because typically if you're a National Football League team, you take the past three or four games Mm -hmm. and you look at tendencies and you look to see the way teams attack and you look to see what their play calls are on third and shorts or second and longs or what they do in the red zone, all their tendencies. The Jets are playing a Lions team. They don't play on a regular basis. This is the start of their run through the NFC North right this year. By the way, the AFC East is going to have a tough ride because the NFC North is legit. You can make the argument that the Lions are the worst team on paper in the NFC North. That's a, team, that's a division that features the Minnesota Vikings, who were in the NFC Championship game last year, the Green Bay Packers, who have an all-world quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and whenever he's healthy, they're in the mix. And then Chicago, the Chicago Bears had a lot of off-season additions, and they just added Khalil Mack. Oh, the, the NFC North, it, you said loaded? Is that the word you yeah, use? Yeah, I oh, think so. Oh, no, you said legit. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> NFC North is loaded. Yeah. And so, just, uh, just I mean, you, you talked about everyone on in that division. That's going to be – I said the other day, the NFC North – could have four teams over 500. I think that's possible. So you asked me about yeah, what or a player, what to what to expect, or uh, excited, just someone excited that you're excited to see. Yeah, I know. And I, I was I was going off on a little tangent there because I do think it's fascinating how Bates and Darnold and McCown and all those cats. Uh, are going to be, uh, I mentioned McCown because he's the Wiley vet, but as far as coming up with that game plan, because you're looking at the Lions personnel, but what is Matt Patricia showing you in the preseason? I don't think he's going to be showing you too many schemes, yeah, I mean, just yeah. like the Jets fans were all upset about the lack of pressure against Eli Manning in the third preseason game. And Well, when I came back and I said, do you think Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers are going to reveal all their exotic schemes against the Giants in the third preseason game. I never thought that was the case. But, so you go to Patricia and you say, well, you got to look at New England film, don't you? But at the same time, you have to look at New England film and then imagine how he's going to work those pieces with the Lions and on that defense. But I'm going to go to my guy, Bilal Paul, longest time in New York Jet. The Detroit Lions uh, last year, here's a stat for you. Um, like I told you before, I, I think the Jets offensively got to have balance. But I will flip it to the other side of the ball and, and because I think Bilal Powell could be in line for a big game. But on the other side of the ball, did you know the Detroit Lions were last in the NFL in rushing in 2017? I, I think they haven't had uh, a 1,000-yard rusher in like 10 years or something like that. So they drafted Kerryon Johnson out of Auburn in the second round. They got LeGarrette Blount. Theo Riddick. Uh, Theoretic, these kind of like the like more they're receiving, pass, yeah. yeah, more the receiving threat. Um, so, can the Jets t- 
take away that run and then get to the exotics because they got to get to Stafford. Stafford will hold on to the football. He is looking to make the play down the field. Bombs away at Ford Field. That's what he wants to do. He wants an aerial assault. So New Jack City comes into focus because you got to keep the ball in front of you. And I'm going to be talking about that all week. So, you know, if you hear hear, hear me on the podcast, I'm going to be shouting about it on Friday. On, uh, the game uh, preview? Yeah, yeah, Friday game preview. We're going to be talking about it on, uh, you know, practice today. And we're going to be talking about a pregame central. you got to keep the ball in front of you against Matt Stafford. So, just to can't come full circle. I, I mean, can't go over your head. Cannot go over Wait, your so, head. So, to come full circle here real quick is. Bilal Powell is going to be featured in this offense. I, I, so, you're excited to saying. see Powell. Yeah, but uh, I also want to see. This is a great test out of the gate for this secondary that features Tremaine Johnson. So, I go Bilal and I go the defensive backfield. Okay, so... Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah, you're talking about the secondaries. Tremaine Johnson, of course, the big-ticket free agent addition. Yep. Resigned Morris Claiborne, Jamal Adams, and his growth. We'll see if Marcus May lines up next to Jamal Adams or if it's Doug Middleton. But regardless, is this secondary on paper is one of the strengths of this team. And a lot of the CBS guys, again have lofty expectations for this unit, so this is what they had to say about New Jack City. I really like the look of the Jets secondary, and certainly Tremaine Johnson is a big addition. Now Morris Claiborne can settle in at that opposite side, and, and I think that's a better fit for him. And the two young guys at safety, I think, are going to be fantastic. And you look around the league now and, and how significant the passing game is. you got to have that secondary. you got to buy a little time for your edge rushers um, and your double-A gap blitzers to, to get that extra little split second to get to the quarterback. Jamal likes to chirp a lot. He likes to talk a lot, right? Because you know why? Because he's confident. And I can't even imagine the confidence that he's going to bring in this year as compared to this time last year. Those guys are sneaky, man. And, you know, if he really figures it out, he'll be like Ed Reed. He'll be like Troy Palomalo. And it's not only about tackling, it's about getting interceptions. You've, you've got the ball hawking safety. You've got guys who you think can thump back there. You think you have starting corners who can hold it down. If you have to leave one of them on an island, maybe more than you would even like to, to try to get more people attacking the quarterback, then, you know, I think you're, you're willing to do that. When you have a couple corners that you trust, and uh, Tremaine is, is outstanding, uh, then, then you can put them on an island more and, and take more chances getting after the quarterback. And I know that's what Todd loves to do. When we had Patrick Peterson, he was able to use Patrick. And you take this guy and you shut him down and let the rest of the team handle everything else. He can do that with Tremaine. The goal is for Todd Bowles to run the defense like he ran it in Arizona and in Philadelphia. And that is reckless abandon, get after the quarterback, and, of course, trust your guys on the back end. The secondary is going in the right direction. But you have to pressure the QB in this league. You can't leave your guys out on an island. And that's the one thing I keep going back to with this defense, whether or not this team can truly be competitive this year. Okay, let, let's shift now to... Jets lines in particular, You, I asked you who you're excited to see. Well, now I'm going to answer. I'm excited to see Jamal Adams because this guy, he talks the talk, and he, he you see him post things on Instagram. He's watching film. I, I think this guy is ready to blow up. And 
as someone that covers the team. I hope he does because I think he can be a really exciting player to watch. But I, I really do believe that Jamal Adams can be a difference maker in his second year if he progresses the way that he anticipates. And I'm really excited to see what happens. EA and I broke down Jets-Lions. Beth Mullins, who is going to call the game on Monday Night Football, along with Brian Greasy and Laura Rutledge on the sidelines. They all came out to Jets camp. Laura Rutledge, Florida Gator. Beth Mullins. Go orange. <laughs> we, Brian, we can play that game. Brian Greasy, you're having a tough week, bro. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the maize and blue, not, uh, not yeah. so amazing. They took an Irish whooping. Yes, they did. But regardless, we caught up with Beth Mullins at CBS Media Day. She's calling the game. This is what she had to say about the Jets Lions storylines on Monday night. So let's talk some Jets Lions here. Is when I say that to you, Jets, Lions, Monday Night Football, Week One, what are some of the things that stick out immediately for storylines or matchup-wise? I think the first thing that jumps off the page right away is the experienced quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and what looks like it's going to be the new guy in Sam Darnold, and sort of the juxtaposition of those two guys: one guy in his prime, one guy trying to figure it out and, and trying to make a huge difference and be the franchise guy. I think that is probably the marquee matchup. The other thing that's intriguing is um, Matt Patricia. Nobody knows the Jets um, as good as he does from his years in New England. And having come from the um, Bill Belichick coaching tree, how does he instill some of that Patriot way in, the, in what the Lions are doing? And can that be um, a much improved defense from a year ago? Will they be able to get some pressure on a young quarterback? Um, and then I think the other big thing for me from the Jets' point of view is is this offense good enough to score with the Lions? Because you look at Stafford and that receiving core, you look at what should be a really improved run game. Um, uh, is this going to be a shootout, and can the Jets muster what they need to, to compete and win? Having been out to both Jets camp and Lions camp, what's the biggest difference out there in Detroit with Matt Patricia now taking the reign there? I think the biggest thing that you you see and that you hear too when you're talking to their players and, and sort of interacting with a lot of the media is it's a much different culture, it's a much different feeling of more intensity, more passion, um, and a lot more done at game speed. I think that's one of the, the big things that Matt is trying to incorporate. Um, we got to make sure we're in the best shape that we can possibly be in if you're on the Lions side of things um, because it's a long haul, it's a long grueling season. and I think that's one of the things that he has really tried to instill is that toughness. From a Jets perspective, is what do you expect some of the areas that the green and white can exploit, let's say, on the Lions defense? Or if you're Jeremy Bates, what are you hoping to create mismatches or where, rather? You know, I, I think one of the big um, question marks for the Jets is at the tight end position. and and how can you utilize that and how good can that group be? Um, it's going to be a challenge against Detroit because that's a very good secondary as well, led by Darius Slay. Um, so there will be some challenges in the pass game. How good can can um, Anunwa be coming back? How good can Pryor be as uh, coming back from his injury? So I think there are a lot of question marks in that pass game. And first and foremost, you're probably going to want to try and run the ball and see what you can do with, um, with Powell and the new additions that they brought into that run game as well. EA, now it is time for the mailbag. This is one of our segments this year. Tweet your questions at EA, at myself, E. Allen Jets, E. Greenberg Jets. 
He can't tweet at EA's Instagram, but you can DM him if you want. <laughs> I got to start following more people on Instagram. You do, like the players. I got to learn how to navigate around Instagram. I do think I'm posting pretty well. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a lesson later. But this is the mailbag. This is the Jets mailbag. These are your questions. We do it for the fans. All right, we got to do this rapid fire. Santiago writes in, what's the status of Curse? Is he officially out for week one, Green? So he's not officially out. Jermaine Curse did not talk about his injury, nor did Todd Bowles. And at the time we are recording this, there has been no injury report, even though it is Wednesday. That will likely be tomorrow is the first day of the injury reports. But he has not practiced yet so far this week. He's been in a bucket hat. And that was early in the week. So this is a, you know, a, a very um, unique week because, uh, like we talked about before, it's a long week. So those first two days, it's really going to ramp up from Thursday to Saturday. So we'll have to see what happens with Curse out there on the field. Uh, any injury um, diagnosis? designations they're going to come from the head coach okay let's go to jude truth the team has been below average on the road for the last seven years how can bowls change that this season so basically a recipe for success on the road I would say first things first is talk, the players talked about it last year is bringing that same kind of energy at MetLife that they do on Sundays and bring it to the opposing arena so Ford Field I would expect the Jets would be high on energy, no doubt. Monday night, haven't played in nine months, new players, new pieces. The other thing is you talked about Bilal Powell. If you establish a run game, I think that sets the tone early. It eats up clock, and then you can take your shots when needed. If you make a couple splash plays here and there, whether it be on special teams, a turnover, on offense, whatever it may be, is I think that's how you really get the ball moving. And once you get momentum on the road, I think you just kind of ride it. Jets did go 1-7 on the road oh, in 2017. They start with 3-4 of four away from home. Jude, you're right. For the Jets to take the next step, they have to find ways to win on the road. And I think that is what you're looking for from a young team. And let's see how much they've matured here early in the 2018 season because I think they're going to be tested right out of the gate. That's going to, that's a tough environment. Uh, and I, I don't think Detroit is, there's this big disparis, uh, disparity in terms of talent between the Lions and the Jets. But for them to play better, they got to play better out of the gates. You can't have any stinkers on the road. Like even the game they won against Cleveland, the Jets just came out flat. Or the game they played against Tampa last year. Yeah. They just had nothing early in the game. You need guys to come out and have some tone-setting plays. You have to be fundamental in all elements of the game, meaning playing well on special teams, that hidden yardage bit, meaning no pre-snap penalties on offense. Um, also, you know, if you can strike first, that will go a long way. But I, I think you need to make some momentum, uh, changing plays early, and be able to absorb some punches. That's part of taking the next step as a team, is absorbing punches, walking through it, and saying, hey, listen, this is a heavyweight battle. We're going to be around. We're not going away. Yeah. And don't be frustrated, but play sound, disciplined football. I think it is a good question. 
It is fair, and that's what I'm looking for from the Jets over the first four games of the 2018 season. And I want them to ride the energy players. You mentioned Jamal Adams. He's an energy player. Bilal Powell, he might not talk much. He's an energy player. Another guy that's getting back to the offense, who I'd love to see a little bit of him early on, Monday night, number 81, Quincy Inunua. He's an energy player. When these guys make plays, you see the sideline, mm-hmm. it looks a little different. Don't forget about Robbie Anderson uh, making big plays down the field either. Uh, so let's go to, I believe this is Mo. How has Jamal Adams looked in the preseason? Lots of hype, but haven't heard much from the beat writers. Afraid of bust potential. I don't think you got to be afraid of bust potential at all. People know the game have come and watched him at practice, and he, at 33, he's consistently stood out on the practice field. Agreed. He's a Swiss Army knife. I yep. think he's going to be used all over the place. Don't be worried about Jamal Adams. Um, he's going to be just fine. Alex asks, any update on the New Jersey numbers prior Roberts picking up a a real question. wide receiver numbers? So tell them the background and tell them where we're at, Greens. So background is if you're a receiver, you can't wear single digits. You have to be in the teens or the 80s. And what prior wear in the Prior's number one. Yep. Robert's number three. Okay. As it stands today, Wednesday, no jersey changes from a number standpoint. Tomorrow may be different. However, if we're taking bets, not, I know we're not, but I would guess that Roberts goes 19 and prior in the 80s. Either 80 or 88. Prior in the 80s, and Roberts goes from 3 to 19. Why 19? I think he wore it last year. Did he? Yeah, for the Falcons. Yeah, and Andre Roberts, you would think Trenton Cannon is on the active roster. You would think that Roberts is going to be your return or week yeah. one against the Detroit Lions. Yep. Um, the Jets kept seven receivers, is that correct? Or six. And, six. and our Darius Stewart starts right. the season out on suspension. So you kind of, it almost feels like you got a 56. You just don't have access to three of these guys yeah. to start the year. That's Kevin Pierre-Lewis, one-game suspension. Ardarius Stewart, two-game suspension. And then Rashad Robinson, who Todd Bowles was very complimentary yes, was. about the way he's rebounded uh, throughout the summer. He'll start the season on the suspension list. He's got a four-gamer. Uh it, it, we don't have time for the roster breakdown, Greens, but I did find it uh, not not curious. It speaks to the depth with the Jets having the defensive backfield. They think they have a lot of good players back there, so they don't let uh, anybody hit the streets. So you're carrying seven cornerbacks? Yeah. And then five safeties to start the year. Yeah, and you great. don't even have Ron Tess Miles here because he's starting the season on PUP. Yeah. So you have five safeties uh, and Doug Middleton, Terrence Brooks, J.J. Wilcox will yep. provide the depth behind the big two. That's all we have. The week one rapidly approaching. This is the official Jets podcast. Again, make sure to send in your questions. E. Allen Jets, E. Greenberg Jets. We'll try to tweet them out every week to remind our loyal audience. And outside of that, that's all we got on this week's episode. The official Jets podcast.